songs and leading us. And, and uh, thanks to old Chuck Wesley as well and, and his brother for, for writing many great hymns and, and uh, doing great things for, for the faith. And, and uh, I don't know that we'll ever ask the Lord any questions because I believe we'll be too amazed by him, but we might get to ask some uh, questions to other people. I don't, I don't know how amazed I'll be at the Wesleys when I get up there. They'll be a lot like me. They'll be glorified too. Won't be much different, but I could ask them one. Hey, how come you spelled it S-U-N and not S-O-N? <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, that's right. They'll tell me it's a misprint. That's right. <laughs> now, you probably look at me and go, who are you? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, my. Well, I'm thankful that we can gather back again tonight. Uh, thank you for uh, praying for Cammie. She is feeling better. Uh, we I kept her home and, and locked up those that way. Um, you know, want to keep her testimony good, not skipping church on Sunday and, you know, and, you know, coming back on Sunday night, that sort of thing. Just kidding. If she's watching this, she's, she's going to, I'll, I'll find out in a little bit. Uh, I'll have a text waiting for me in my office. <laughs> but anyways, uh, she is feeling better and she appreciates it. Just wanted to keep her out very safe and sorry and, and I better be home. And, and it is that time of year. There's a million people right now who are going through sicknesses, stomach bugs and everything else. So if you're sick, stay home. If you're not sick, come. And if you're here tonight, I guess you're feeling okay. Uh, if not, sit by yourself. <laughs> no, but it's good to have y'all with us tonight. And uh, tonight we're going to be uh, looking at uh, Proverbs chapter number two tonight. But before we get there, I want to pray for us. And uh, just ask the Lord to guide us tonight as we uh, study his word. And uh, thankful for such a, a full day of worship. And uh, I want to remind you as well uh, about this week. Um, starting tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock through Friday morning at 9 o'clock uh, every morning this week. Uh, Monday through Friday, all right, in case you want. Monday through Friday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. At 9 o'clock, this uh, church is going to be open. I'll make sure that either the front or the side door is open. So if you want to come in, you come on in. And at 9 o'clock, sanctuary will be open. And uh, for whoever wants to come and, and pray, um, I'll be here to, to pray. And just nice and informal. Um, come pray as long as you want to pray. Uh, if it's five minutes, five seconds, five hours, whatever you've got to do. Uh, just come and pray, and uh, let's really um, end this um, th- this prayer initiative. Let's end it out with a bang and uh, with some sincere prayer, because I've certainly sensed, even in my own personal life, and I'm sure with others as well, that the first two weeks, that was a breeze, right? We were excited. Everything was going good. We're praying. Things are great, right? Nehemiah building, all this stuff. And then once we hit probably weeks four and five and six, and you're like, that thing's still going on? Oh. Uh, right? And, and it gets a little tougher. And so we want to end this thing uh, the right way, especially in the end of the year. And then uh, Friday night as well, um, we'll be meeting here at 1130 for whoever wants to come and pray. And do not feel obligated. If you don't drive well at night or 1130 at night or, or yeah, or what, if you don't feel like you can come out, don't come out. It's okay. Uh, but we want to offer it to whoever wants to come and, and to pray and uh, just to encourage that and uh, believe we'll uh, see God move through it. Um, but uh, let's pray tonight and uh, ask the Lord to help us. Uh, Lord, we come to you this night. Thank you for each one that's here. Lord, I'm grateful that we can uh, sing songs that have been penned by the hands of of mighty men that you've used throughout uh, many years. And and Lord, that we can sing songs about the truth of your word. And and Lord, I I just thank you that we're able to gather and and to worship you. And Lord, that I pray for each one that's here tonight. God, that um, tonight our hearts would be turned to you. Lord, for one more time today, that our hearts would be uh, attentive to your word. And God, that you would open up our hearts and our minds to it, Lord, that we would be impacted and changed by it. God, we could certainly just meet here tonight just for the sake of meeting, but God, unless you speak to us through your word, then we just came out of the house for an hour for nothing. So Lord, we pray that you would reach down and give us um, some wisdom, give us some instruction, and give us something that we need for this week that we might put into practice, into our life. 
God, that you would use each one here. Lord, we love you and we thank you and praise you for this time. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Proverbs chapter number 2 tonight. Proverbs chapter number 2. Uh, going to be looking at verses 5 through 9 tonight. Um, and uh, I, I we'll kind of look here earlier on at some of the context of where all this is going and where it's been. Um, like I said, last Sunday night, we were out Carolyn and, and thankful for that. What a blessing Carolyn was uh, last Sunday night. Enjoyed it thoroughly. It was a great time. Uh, but tonight we're going to be looking here to end our, our last Sunday night of the year with some more wisdom. And we could use it, especially heading into a new year. Um, how many of y'all have learned any lessons this year? All right. <laughs> Me too, right? I learned about three or four or five of them. We've learned a lot of them from mistakes. We've learned a lot of them from certainly from God's Word. And, and that's a good thing. Learn. That is something that we continuously need to do is continuously learn from God's Word, learn to be more and more wise and to walk wisely before the Lord. And uh, that's the whole point of study, especially books like Psalms and Proverbs that we've been going through. Uh, but let's look here tonight. It tells us in verse number 5, then, let me back up to verse number 1, I'm sorry. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifteth up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest her uh, for her as for hid treasures, now here, here's our text for tonight, verse 5, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous, he is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment, and preserveth the ways of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness, and judgment, and equity, yea, every good path. Tonight we're looking at the benefits of receiving wisdom. Uh, earlier on in, in verses here, uh, 1 through 4, we find the if-then sort of statements. Now, the Old Testament is full of a lot of if-then. Uh, there was some what we would call conditional covenants that were given to, to Israel by God that said, if you obey, then thou shalt live, right? If you obey, then thou shalt inherit the land. If thou obey in the land, then thou shalt keep the land. If thou shalt not, then thou shalt lose it, right? Uh, we find these conditional things, and to be quite honest with you, there's a couple of things. One, when you get saved, it is unconditional, right? Christ saves you, uh, you are signed, sealed, delivered, you are saved, sealed into the day of redemption. There is nothing that you can do to change that positionally. Uh, there is nothing that you can do to make yourself unsaved, and God will not take it uh, away. Those are wonderful truths. It is unconditional. However, <clears throat> our spiritual journey and walk and our sanctification is very much conditional. Uh, to, to a degree in this sense, God remains the same. He is always there. His word is always available. The truth is always there. Wisdom is always there. His presence is always uh, available. But the condition is if you and I will submit to it or not. Right? We think about this. Uh, there is the great reward of knowing God throughout our Christian walk and through growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it is very much conditional in if whether or not we will get into his word, if we will stick to his will, if we will seek him. Uh, as we are uh, called to, if we were uh, to literally be followers as dear children, uh, as the scripture teaches for us to do so. Now, this is conditional to receive wisdom. As we've talked about uh, the past few, few times looking here, especially early on in Proverbs, not every Christian would we call a wise Christian. Some Christians we would call, they're a Christian, they're saved, praise the Lord for it. But then there's others who would go, 
hey, they're saved and they're wise. I'm going to go try to get some wisdom from them, right? Uh, everyone is at these different stages, but yet all of us have the same wisdom that has been offered. <clears throat> Here, the condition in verses 1 through 4 of chapter 2 are, are the same for all people. It's not just for the pastor, for the deacons, or for uh, Sunday school teachers here. This is for everybody. If you will receive his words, if you will hide his commandments uh, in your heart, if you will incline your ear, if you will apply your heart, if you will cry after knowledge, if you will lift up your voice, if you will seek, if you will search, then, verse 5, then you will have the understanding of the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Tonight we've got to make this very personal to ourselves. That if you are going to know God in a deeper way and to have a deeper relationship with the Lord, it's not going to be because I do a better job at preaching than I ever have. Sure, it'd be nice, wouldn't it, right? I'd love that. But guess what? The only way that you personally are going to grow closer to the Lord is if you personally grow closer to the Lord. I can't do it for you, and neither can anyone else in this room. We can help to guide. We can help to encourage. We can pray. We can challenge and, and all those things. But you yourself must receive his words, hide commands, and climb your ear, apply your, all those conditions that we see here. And now when we look here, uh, wisdom has been offered freely to all, as we've already addressed, or really as the author addressed in Proverbs 1, verse 20. Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of the concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Uh, wisdom has been offered. Wisdom, ha the condition for receiving it, has been given to us in verses 1 through 4 here. Now what will we do? Wisdom is being offered freely. We have two options, either to receive or to reject wisdom. And there is no middle ground. There is no, well, you know, I want a little bit of it. You know, I just want a, a little bit of wisdom, right? Does anyone ever say, I want, to be a, I want to be a halfway okay good Christian? No, right? Uh, I put it this way. If someone's going into, uh, they get drafted, they're going to go play baseball. They're going to be a professional baseball player. Why'd they want to do that? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a baseball fan. I'm sorry. Uh, but, but say they go, go into baseball and it's their rookie year. There's no rookie in the major league who is ever going to say, you know what, I want to be the most average baseball player that's ever been. Any? No, I don't think any player has ever said that. They always say, I want to make the Hall of Fame, don't we? Right? That's what they would say. I, I want to be the best that I can be. I want to be the best on the team. I want to be an all-star. I want to be a champion, a world champion. I want to do all these goals and aspirations and, and, and dreams and uh, all these things. But I, I believe that, unfortunately, spiritually, for many of us as Christians, we say, I want to just fly under the radar. I want to be the most average, okay Christian that there is because that's the way that most of us live. We're just barely skipping by or skimming by with our, our prayer life or our study time. The most we study our Bible is when we come to church. And, and truthfully, there's only but you can get a lot from you know, Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday night, Wednesday night, or Tuesday night or whatever, right? That's great. But, but guess what? You've got a whole lot more hours in between those services that you can get a whole lot more out of than you will get here, right? It's my job, my goal to try to encourage you. This is, a, this is Sheets Gas Station, spiritually speaking, right? You come here, you get filled up, right? You get your hot dog, you get your drink, you get filled up spiritually, and you get ready to go, and, and you take off, right? But you, if you've got to put in that time the effort yourself to personally know God, to personally know His Word. Now, 
As we come here, he says, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord. This is the first key. And really, this is the key to the whole book of Proverbs, to understand the fear of the Lord. As he had begun already uh, over in Proverbs 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. These are words to live by. These are words to, to meditate on and, and to memorize, to think upon, to know what it means to fear the Lord. Here, uh, as, as one commentator writes, the point of the first consequence is direct. When you seek wisdom, you find God. The search will enable one to understand the fear of the Lord. So the fear of the Lord is not only the beginning of wisdom, it is also the goal. The wise will gain deeper insight into it. I believe that what we need today, and one thing that we have a lack of, especially in the church in America, is a depth of a knowledge of God. Now, there are many, much like old brother Chuck Wesley we were just you know, kind of poking with earlier and, and joking about, but many men like that in a different time period had a much deeper understanding uh, of God than what we do today. Now, we could blame an, an awful lot of things. And to be honest, one day I might do a, we might do a whole big time about figuring out how do we get to where we are today. Because there is a whole lot in the history of our nation, of our world, and, and spiritually speaking, the things that have brought us to where we are today. But nevertheless, they certainly had less distractions. They certainly spent more time with the Lord, and they were dedicated to it. Their heart's desire, uh, going back for, for centuries and centuries, for, for some of these mighty men and, and women of God who we read about, and we quote, and we talk about, and we wish that we could be half of what they were, well, they would certainly say that they weren't all that much, but the reason why they are much to you and I is because we can tell when we read them, when we listen to them, uh, when we uh, see their quotes, and, and we see their impact, maybe even in a, in a hymn that they wrote or something, we see the difference between them and where they were and us and where we are. We see how spiritually strong they were, how dedicated and driven and, and devoted they were to the gospel and to understanding and knowing God. It, it was personal for them. It was not just the church that they came to know God. It was deep in the studies where some of these men, you read about some of the, the Puritans or, or guys like the Wesleys and others and things who would be uh, waking themselves up early in the morning to spend hours on their knees, praying, and begging God for a touch and, and for strength just to make it through the day, praying intercessory prayers for their, their towns and their villages and for their families and, and spending time in the Word of God. And, and they had far less resources than what we've got today, but they knew God so much deeper because I believe that they had the fear of the Lord in a way in which that we don't. I believe that they understood Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 4 in a way that we don't. Here, you and I would say, well, if you'd receive my words, we'd say, I'm at church. And you say, I'd hide my commandments with thee. I got a cross decoration at my house, so that, that's pretty close. We'd say, incline your ear unto wisdom. Well, I, I listened to the CD when I wasn't at church, so that's pretty good. Well, how about this? Uh, apply that heart to understanding. You know what? I, I pray some, and it's good. And verse 3, if thou Christ after knowledge, you know, I, I haven't cried in a while, but I, I ask the Lord for some help every now and again and, and lifted up thy voice for, for understanding. Well, well I, I pray about stuff more than once every now and again. And, and then if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as hitchers, you know, I, I'm looking because I, I come to church, so therefore I must be doing these things. Well, that's not it, is it? We see the depth of which those others had that we don't. It's because they truly did knew and know what it means to, to seek wisdom as if it was silver. 
were hidden treasures. Because it truly is. It is like silver or gold. It is precious. And, and wisdom should be precious to us. It is something that cannot be truly measured, nor can it be truly weighed of, of how important it should be in our life. As another commentator writes, in short, knowledge of God refers to personal intimacy with Him through obedience to His Word. We find that to, to know God here, to this is the goal, this is the end-all, be-all. To have an understanding of the fear of the Lord is to understand and to have a knowledge of the holy, to have a knowledge of who God is. Uh, you can uh, turn briefly for just a moment uh, over a couple of pages to Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 9 tells us this in verse number 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We've heard that before, haven't we? He says, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. If thou wilt be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. We see this beautiful, wonderful truth that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but it is really found in the knowledge of the holy. Our holy God, His holy word, through His Holy Spirit. We find that it is something that is separates. It separates the men from the boys. It separates those who are truly dedicated to Christ and those who are maybe Christians but just don't want to go all that deep. You ever noticed in the, if you go to the beach or even to a swimming pool, you've got different kinds of people at, at those places. You've got those at the beach, some like me, who don't get in the, in the water, right? It might let it touch the ankles or feet. That's about as far as it's getting. Sharks don't come up where the beach are and, and, and where the umbrellas are, okay? Sharks stay out there, so that's why I stay out there. But you've got others who go out a little bit further and they like to play in the waves. And they maybe go up to their knees. Then you've got others who they'll go up to where it's all the way up here. And you've got others who are, who are uh, missing some nuts and bolts somewhere. And they go way out there, right? And, and it's not because, you know, I swim fine, but they're kind of crazy that way. They go out there and go deeper and deeper. Now, we both are enjoying the beach. We're both enjoying the ocean. We're enjoying them in different ways, though. However... That one knows more about the water than I do. You know why? Because they've gone out deeper. Not because anyone forced them to, but because they wanted to go out deeper. Therefore, they're out deeper. And they're having the time of their life. They know the ocean in a way that I don't. You see, when we look spiritually speaking, or we find that we might be all here, and if this is the beach, there's many of us who make it about this far, and we say, well, this is as far as I really want to make it. Right? Then we've got others who go... I want, to, I want to go deeper. It's tough, but I want to go deeper. I want to know it more. There's others who say, hey, it, it ain't swimming unless you, you can't see the bottom. So let, let's get in this thing. We want to go deep and deeper and deeper. The wisdom of God is much like a vast ocean. You and I on our own can never truly reach the bottom of it, can we? That's the beauty of God's wisdom and the beauty of God's word. However, the truth remains is that if we want to know the depths of God, we must swim deeper, shouldn't we? We must go deeper. And though it be difficult, though it be trying, though it be even fearful, even scary to, to do such, we go deeper and deeper because we have a fear of the Lord. We have a knowledge of the holy. God alone is our purpose in all things. Then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. That is our great purpose in life. It's to know God. 
There is no greater, no higher purpose than knowing God. And I believe that is what separated many men and women from 200 years ago who knew Christ and those who know Christ today. Is that for us, we believe our greatest, highest purpose is to uh, be able to have a a good job or a best job or a big house or a biggest truck and the, the biggest motorcycle or the biggest and the most of stuff. And for them, they wanted the depth of knowing God. You and I want to have the busiest of churches. but They wanted to have the churches that were the ones that were the deepest of churches. Does that make sense? Now, I believe that spiritually speaking in America today, we are about this wide. But we're about that deep. But there was a time where we were maybe that wide, but we were that deep. And now, now we don't have that depth. Now, if you were to ask your everyday average Christian, can you tell me the gospel? Most of them can't tell you. Can you tell me how to be saved? There's many who cannot tell you the plan of salvation. And and to be quite honest with you, uh, whether right or wrong or not, I I firmly believe that if you're not able to articulate the gospel, then you might very well want to see if your heart truly knows and believes the gospel and is not trusting in anything else. We have many who are falling to false doctrine and all these issues of the day and, and are falling by the wayside who are deconstructing their faith and are falling away from the faith because it's a faith that they never really had to begin with. And I believe it's a faith that they never had to begin with because they never got to the beginning of this whole thing anyways, which is the fear of the Lord. And that is truly the beginning. It is our great purpose. But God is not only our purpose, but He is our power as well. It is He who enables us to know Him. It is He who gives us the wisdom as we're about to see here in just a few moments in these verses. It is God who does these great things. I want to give this to you tonight, hopefully to help you to show this this great purpose. To know God is to fear God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of God. Then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Then we just read over in chapter 8, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. To know God is to fear God. To fear God is to believe God. If we truly know God, we will fear God. And if we truly fear God, then we will believe God. We will trust Him. We will live by faith. We will trust His Word. We will trust what He says. We will trust what He does. To believe God, then, is to obey God. If you believe God, then you will obey God. Meaning, if you truly believe God, you will obey Him. The reason why many times we disobey God is because we really don't believe God like we would say that we do. There is some faith that is lacking there. There is some faith that is, that is uh, produced by flesh and not by the Spirit. Find then not only to believe God is to obey God, but to obey God is to glorify God. And that is our great purpose. To obey God is to glorify Him. That is the end all be all. But to glorify God is to do the will of God. And all of us in here tonight would say, I want to do the will of God. So what does that mean? It must mean that we glorify God. It means that we obey God. It means that we believe God. It means that we fear God. It means that we know God. There is no glorifying and doing the will of God unless we first know Him. Because to know Him is going to get us to that last step. It's all about knowing Christ. Then we find, find the knowledge of God here. One writes, coupled with the fear of the Lord, this knowledge means that the disciple will follow God's moral code. 
To know God is to react ethically to His will, to follow His principles. What it means is this. If you know God, you're going to live like you know God. There are plenty of people who say, I'm a Christian, and don't have any ounce of fruit whatsoever. If there is no fruit, there is no root. All right? There is no real salvation. Real salvation will produce real fruit. Plain and simple. It does not matter the age. It does not matter, matter the background. If there is a real salvation through real faith and the real gospel of Christ, there will be real fruit produced. What we see, though, is that oftentimes there are many who say, you know, I'm saved, but I, I live. However, that's not the case. If you know, then it will show. Plain and simple. There is no getting around that. But then notice here, he says, to thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and, and find the knowledge of God. Is there a greater knowledge to have than that of God? Of course not. But then we get to verse 6. God gives wisdom here. He says, For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. That this is absolutely key to understand that God alone is the source of wisdom. I worked in a Christian retail uh, bookstore in Danville. Uh, they needed help closing the bookstore, and I was the man for the job. I had literally told Cammie before we moved there that uh, uh, <laughs> I said it was always my dream to go work for this particular retailer to take them down from within, and I got to be a part of it. You say, well, that doesn't sound very nice. I- I'll tell you, the name of it is Lifeway, all right? Uh, Lifeway sells a tremendous amount of great things, but they also sell even more bad things. Um, there were literally whole sections in the book store of devotions that I would literally walk by and, and just stop and pray, Lord, let this one rack burn up right now. Um, and and we, we would have people who would come in who would genuinely want to know God and want to have a better understanding and knowledge, and I would be chomping at the bit to be able to drive them away from certain places and to take them to good things. The few things that were in there and, and you said, well, it's not, maybe you don't think it's not nice to, to name them, but it's okay. I would, I would tell it to whoever's in charge of it. I'm, I'm glad that the store is closed. It's a shame. I wish that you could still have a store that you could walk in and go buy Bibles and find resources. But to be honest, they were peddling uh, false teaching, false gospel, and, and, and a lot of false doctrine to a lot of people who were meaning well and desired to actually know God, but they were driven to a place where they would not know God. They would have these self-help books. You know what a self-help book is? Well, I can tell you, first of all, what it's not. It's not a theology book. It's not the Bible. It's not a whole lot of things that will actually help you. Self-help means that I'm going to do this on my own. It's called works and it's called religion. Right? It's called pride. To believe that you can help your own self. Now, you can't. We are totally dependent upon God and Him giving us wisdom. God alone is a source of wisdom, not Dr. Big Bottoms, not Dr. Whoever. I love degrees. I love schooling. I plan to go back and get a doctorate degree one day. Education is great. It's important, all that stuff. But guess what? There are plenty of educated people who are still dumber than a box of hammers. There are plenty of people who have degrees upon degrees and yet still don't know God. There are plenty of people that I know who have Bible degrees and yet still don't have a knowledge or fear of the Lord or an understanding of who God is. It is one thing to try to obtain it from books, and it's another thing to get it from the source. And I believe to get it from the source is to know God means that we will then know wisdom. Because to know God is to know wisdom itself. It has been said by many 
uh, that, that here wisdom acts as sort of this personification of, of Christ, if you will, this sort of teaching us about Christ. He, he is wisdom itself. He is the Word revealed. But the word for here is important in verse number 6, and you wouldn't think so, but it shows us that God is willing and ready to pour out wisdom. For the Lord giveth wisdom. He is willing and ready and able to pour it out to all those who will humbly and fearfully and faithfully receive it. Uh, turn with me now for just a moment <clears throat> over to the book of James. James chapter number 1, first of all. It's page 1081 in my Bible. I don't know what it is in yours. It's James chapter 1. For just a quick moment. I want us to look at what it means uh, to, to submit and what, what God does to that submissive heart. I believe that God does not give wisdom to the proud. I believe that wisdom comes to the humble. It comes to the lowly. It comes to those who are, are willing to simply submit their hearts and, and their entire beings to God. Here, James chapter 1, verse number 5 tells us this. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. So what does this tell us? If you lack wisdom, ask God for it. If you need wisdom, tell the Lord. Lord, give me wisdom. And guess what? It says that he giveth to all men liberally. It is bountifully. It is that he is not a respecter of persons that he goes, well, you know, these two people ask for wisdom, but I'm only going to give that person. He's, if you ask of wisdom of God, he will provide it. And we're going to see here in just a moment, the place of which he has provided his wisdom is found right here. Now, just over another page in, in James, uh, another passage that you've heard a million times, James chapter 4, verse number 8. James chapter 4, verse 8. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. To have wisdom, it's to, to draw near to God. It's to truly draw near to His heart. It, to draw near to His Word. Sorensen writes, the, the mention of wisdom coming out of His mouth refers to His inspired Word. The word translated as inspiration, theopneustos, literally means God-breathed. When we speak, words are breathed out of our mouths. Inspiration, therefore, refers to God speaking. The inspired word of God contains knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. The thought circles back to verse 1, wherein we are enjoined to receive his words and hide his commandments within us. The greater thought is that the wisdom of God comes from the word of God. I was talking with someone even earlier tonight before the service starts about many people who um, will tell you how to fix your life every which way except through the Bible. One thing that I l like to ask people um, who get riled up about simple things uh, or overcomplicate things and, and have their preference or have their thought or opinion is I like to say, chapter and verse, please. Right? Uh, it's one thing if you say God said, it's another thing if God actually said. All right? And this is absolutely key for our day today. You need this and I need this. What we need is the Bible. You and I would all say, and along with many of our charismatic friends and many others, who would say that the Bible is infallible. They would say it's inspired. They would say that it's inerrant. However, that's as far as they'll go, but we must go one step further. It is sufficient. The Bible is enough. I do not, and neither do you, need dreams and visions 
nor do I even need the little tinglys on the back of my neck to make me feel that I know God. If I ask of Him, He will give wisdom. If I draw near to Him, He will draw near to me. And the greatest two places that you can ever draw near to God and have Him draw near to you is first of all through the Scripture and second of all through prayer. The two most neglected and forgotten aspects of the Christian walk, but yet the two most elementary. If you want to have a relationship with God and to know Him, in the same way with any other relationship, it takes what? Communication, doesn't it? Absolutely. Prayer is our communication to God. That's how we talk to Him. His Word is how He talks to us. If you want to hear and to know God and what He has and desires for your life and for your heart, get in this book and read it and study it verse by verse, context, know what God is doing here, know what God is saying, know why He's saying it, and ask God as I read your Word, give me wisdom, give me understanding. And you know what He does? He gives wisdom and He gives understanding. But the great truth is this, though, that while we might not ever fully come to a knowledge on this side of the grave of every jot and every tittle and know all that there is to know about the Bible, that is why it is the Bible. That is why it is so beautiful and so wonderful, is that the deeper we go, the more astounding and the more thought-provoking and the more amazing the Bible truly is because we might have come to a deeper knowledge, but we've never attained or all the way arrived yet, have we? No, we've never gotten to the place where we go, I know all there is to know about the Bible. As a matter of fact, what has separated those that we were talking about earlier from us today is that they knew as much as they did know God that they had never gotten to the place where they knew all there could be about God. Nor did they ever get to the place where they said, this is as far as I should go in my walk with God. They said, I want to know God more. And then when I know Him more, I want to know Him more than that. I want to keep going further and further with God and for God. You will never receive wisdom if you never receive His Word. We must not, cannot neglect the Word of God. He continues and says, For the Lord giveth wisdom out of His mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the ways of His saints. God's wisdom is protection for His saints. Sorensen then writes, First, the relationship between wisdom and righteousness is again established. These two qualities are closely related to the degree they are almost synonymous. Moreover, what is clear is that God gives sound wisdom to those who walk uprightly. When Psalm 5.12 says that God will bless the righteous, one clear blessing noted here is the gift of wisdom. Wisdom is an absolute gift. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. Who are the righteous? Those who are right before the sight of God. Who are those that are right before the sight of God? Those who have been clothed in the righteousness of God through faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ alone. He says that not only does He provide this wisdom, but it is a protection for us. He says He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. A buckler is a word that we don't often use, but it is the idea of a shield or a defense. God is the one who protects us. And by the way, what He is telling us here tonight is that wisdom and knowing Him is a protection against all enemies, against all sins. You know the greatest protection of your mind tonight? The Word of God. You know the greatest protection against the lies of the devil tonight? The Word of God. You know the, the greatest protection against the spiritual attacks of this world and, and the things that the devil and the world and the flesh will throw your way? The Word of God. It is plain and simple 
the more we know God, the more we understand how protected we truly are from His wisdom and, and in His will. And we see that He has defended us through wisdom, that it does protect us, that it does uh, block uh, and, and quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. We need this buckler. and He is our buckler. He is our shield and our defense, our, our strong tower. He is all these things for those who walk uprightly. He says He keepeth the paths of judgment, preserveth the ways of His, uh, of his saints. He keepeth our paths. Not only does He protect us from all that comes against us, but that He preserves and keeps our path. He preserves the way. He watches over His people. I believe those that walk the wisest are at sometimes seems to be the most protected spiritually. Now, physically, they might seem like they go through the most. Matter of fact, if you were to think about many of those who did write our hymns or some of these great heroes of the faith, many of them suffered from depression. Many of them suffered from great loss. Many of them lost their, their children at a young age. Some of them lost their wives at a young age. Some of them had great loss and grief or, or many health problems and ailments. But guess what? They knew God and they trusted God. And through it, they were so greatly used of God because He kept their way because they walked uprightly before him all of this that we find is done through the hand and wisdom of god when we get to verse 9 he says then once more shalt thou understand righteousness judgment equity yea every good path clark writes he who is taught of god understands the whole law of justice mercy righteousness and truth God has written this on his heart. He who understands these things by books only is never likely to practice or profit by them. That's why I said earlier that there are many of us who would read a self-help book or maybe read many books. But unless you read and know this book right here, every other book doesn't matter. The Bible here, as we were taught in Bible college and warned against, don't let the Bible become a textbook. It's very easy for it to, but let us also and let's also not neglect it. As much as I love to read and, and, and to read other books and things, nothing is as sweet as reading the Scripture. Nothing is as gleanful or helpful or empowering or encouraging as the Scripture. Uh, I, I forget who, who this comes from, um, but it's it said to the effect that um, visit many books but live in the Bible. That is what we are truly called to do. Visit those books. They're great sources and, and wonderful, uh, great uh, things that, to give us wisdom and understanding about things. But guess what? We're called to live in the Bible. We need this more than anything else. This is the bread of life. This is the word of life. And he says, Then shalt thou understand righteousness, judgment, equity, and every good path. These are all four things that we desperately need, especially in today's age, but they only come through a life of knowing God and walking wisely. Another writes, Righteousness refers to the principle, whereas judgment refers to the product. The thought of the latter, judgment, is of making right decisions. Thus, right decisions or judgment follow or, uh, from the prior cultivation of the principle of righteousness. The word translated as equity has a sense of being fair in one's dealings. Thus, the reception of God's word and the procural of godly wisdom will result in just and fair dealings with others. Moreover, the absorption of God's word and the development of godly wisdom 
will lead to understanding every good way in life. In short, as God's people receive the Word of God and develop godly wisdom, they will have the insight to make right decisions in life. They will be just in dealings with others, and they will have understanding of the issues of life. End quote. As we're ending this year and we're approaching the next, many people in the first of the year, they come out and they have, what do they call them? New Year's resolutions, right? This year, I'm going to do this. This year, I'm going to do that. This year, I'm going to do less of this, more of that. And we make all these things, and then by March, it, <laughs> we quit, right? And that's what happens to a lot of resolutions, unfortunately. But here, I believe the difference is going to be found here. That if we receive the Word of God, as this writer says, we develop godly wisdom, it makes us make the right decisions. You know what our resolutions that we make every new year are all about? They all boil down to making right decisions, don't they? They all boil down to doing what is right, what is just, what is fair, what is good. And if we're going to do all those things, it's not going to be because we decide to read a self-help book or to do 10 jumping jacks every morning and drink some, uh, some, some vinegar every morning to, to make sure that we're healthy or any sort of thing like that. It might, it might be good things, right? Do a jumping jack every now and again if you want to stretch, maybe touch your toes. I don't know. Think of something, right? I don't know. But guess what? The greatest thing that you can do this coming new year is to get in the Word of God. It's not just to glance over it or skim over it. It's not even just to say, I read my Bible in a whole year. Well, that's great. But unless you got anything out of it, then it don't matter. You can read the phone book in an hour and still not get nothing from it, can you? You can read the Bible, but if you do not ask of God, you will receive nothing. May we ask of the Lord. I'll put it this way tonight, and we'll close. If you want verse 9, righteousness, judgment, equity, and a good path this coming year, then go back and get verse 5. The fear of the Lord. Find the knowledge of God. If we do that, the rest will fall right into place. Fear God. Know God. Serve God. Glorify God. Notice key repeating word God if we keep God first and we seek God with our whole hearts our whole lives we will find more than wisdom we will find ourselves smack dab in the middle of his will bringing glory and honor and being used of him in ways that we never thought we ever could be that is what I hope 2022 looks like for us where we simply walk humbly walk wisely before our God and we see him glorified in our church, in our home, and in our community. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this night. God, grateful for each one that's here. Grateful for the truth of your word, and I pray, God, that we would come to know you more, and Lord, not just to know more about you, but to truly know you. God, we, we often talk about wanting to know you more, but God, I pray that our hearts would be pressed, our hearts would be burdened for it, our hearts would be burdened to pray this week, and as we go into the new year, or that we would um, decide to follow you no matter what, that we would decide to go deeper, that we would have that desire of our heart to be to know you. God, I pray that you help each one of us tonight as we go our separate ways, keep us safe when we meet again. And God, that you use us, prepare our hearts for the things to come. And God, that you would um, do a work in this church, do a work in these hearts and in these homes, Lord, that we might be used in this community, God, to see revival, to see souls saved, to see families um, brought back together, and to see uh, folks know you, God. Lord, if we know you, 
We do so not just to glorify you, but so that we might make you known to other people who, who do not know you, but desperately need to. God, help our hearts to be about what you would have them to be about. And Lord, that you would be not just at the forefront of our mind, but on the throne of our heart. Lord, help us to love you tonight and to seek you in all things. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, you guys have a blessed night. We'll see you Tuesday, unless you show up tomorrow morning at uh, 9 o'clock. But uh, y'all be praying this week and praying for each of you. I appreciate you.